Many times we need to keep our health in check, but don't know what questions to ask or where to begin. We walk in blindly to our health care provider and walk out none the wiser and maybe even more confused than before. Can you take charge of your health and arm yourself with the questions and preparedness you need? The answer is yes. Welcome to Occupy Health with Dr. Susan Downs. This program will answer your questions and give you the best practices for facing your medical partner in good health. Now, here's Dr. Susan Downs. Hi, welcome to Occupy Health. This is Dr. Susan. Here we want to look at optimal health because, as we all know, you might have average values. But what do average values mean when they're comprised of 95% of a very sick population? So we want to go to optimal health. We want to be able to be proactive and take our own steps so we can be on the path to better wellness. So today we have Dr. David Rosensweet. He's the founder of the Menopause Method. That's an organization dedicated to teaching medical professions how to teach professionals how to treat women in menopause with bioidentical hormones and other means as well. He is a pioneer of organic-based hormones and a frequent national lecturer. He is the principal investigator for a scientific study of female hormones sponsored by Metagenics. Oh, pardon me, Metrometric Clinical Laboratory, which is a subsidiary of Genova Diagnostic. So we're going to learn about what happens as we get older, what happens in these transitions. These happen for men and women. What do we do? How can we make it go better? So welcome, Dr. Sweet. Thank you, Dr. Downs. Okay. Well, tell me about your interest in menopause and generally what women can do. And, you know, just tell us about it. Well, um, I've been a functional medicine holistic medical doctor since the late 60s. And about 30 years ago, a patient of mine came into my office that I knew quite well. And she was very upset. And she wanted to let me know that she was, that uh, she was in her mid-40s. And she said to me, I'm going crazy and don't think you know me. So as I'm talking to you now, I'm not quite getting the quite emotional uh, tenor intensity she had at the time. And serendipitously, I'd been speaking to a world expert on progesterone. I gave her some progesterone. And three weeks later, I got a letter from her saying, I can't believe this stuff. I'm totally myself again. That was very impressive. And I don't really never have taken total control over how my practices have evolved or my career. And before I knew it, I was seeing a lot of women in menopause, and I was very impressed. Um, you know, the demographic that I've been fortunate enough to work with, uh, midlife, but a lot of uh, devotion to their own health and interest in health, and yet they had many of them had fallen off a cliff called the loss of their, some of the most potent biochemicals in their body, their gonadal hormones or ovarian hormones. And what I learned is, is that by restoring them um, very carefully and very individualized, the women had dramatic improvement. And that was very impressive because, you know, in medicine, by the time someone's consulting with a doctor, um, there's often been a long-standing decline in health. And uh, it's not so easy to reverse that, but not dealing with women in menopause and men in andropause, it's primarily based on the loss of those powerful biochemicals and restoration of them 
um, very specifically, very expertly, really can make a difference in someone's life. So I've devoted the last 30 years of my career to treating women in menopause and now men in andropause. I find it very rewarding. I find it amazing to have specialized in it. And it needs specialization because these are powerful biochemicals. They need to be done expertly, and they need to be done in an individualized fashion. Well, are women getting menopause earlier or menses earlier, or have you noticed any change over time? And it is very important to look at uh, our issues because a chronic disease or issue develops long before we notice it and even longer before we think we've got to go to the doctor to get help. So this is, these are important issues. But are people getting menopause and menses earlier? Well, I, I think what you just said is very important um, and exactly how it is. These changes start taking place so much earlier. I think what's happening, uh, can I call you Susan? You can sure call me David. Okie dokie, let's do that. Um, I think what's happening is there's a greater sensitivity. My suspicion is that the perimenopause, the gradual decline, and the consequences of that decline has always been going on. And um, But women are more aware of it. Um, that that would be one way of looking at it. I also think the challenges to health and the causes of some of those, this decline are more prominent than ever before, and they're showing up in women and men. So a woman's hormones or a man's hormones, uh, uh, ovarian hormones or testicular hormones, we peak in our output of the ovaries or the testicles at the age 20, plus or minus. A couple years and then there's a gradual decline and there are consequences of that gradual decline and those consequences can occur considerably before a woman stops menstruating so a woman in her 30s can be experiencing some hormonal imbalance because the ovaries are not quite putting out the amount of progesterone to balance the amount of estrogen they're putting out that's a very common situation and she starts getting something called estrogen dominance. And even though she's at a level of estrogen that's less than when she was at when she was 20, she's still not getting the, the level of balance from progesterone. So she can start getting PMS. She can start getting mood issues. She can start getting sleep issues. She can start getting breast tenderness. Uh, lots of changes can take place prior to the cessation of um, menses. And to answer your question more specifically, I think uh, physicians who really uh, specialize in treating women in menopause are more aware that this is occurring at an earlier and earlier age. And I think women in general, being more informed, are more uh, apt to seek out assistance long before the traditional loss of period that guided women showing up in uh, doctor's offices in the past. Could that be complicated by the toxic soup we live in and all the bad food that we have and, you know, stress levels? Uh, I suspect that adds to our awareness earlier. I mean, when I went through menopause, I didn't have any symptoms at all. I kind of feel I missed some ritualistic right there. But anyway, so what you're talking about is you've got a high relative estrogen level 
And I think this also can be an issue with men because if they take a lot of testosterone and it goes down the aromatose pathway, they're going to have high estrogen levels and maybe even man boobs. So anyway, so it sounds like the level of estrogen versus progesterone is pretty important. So why don't you tell us a little bit about estrogen and progesterone and what are the symptoms of low or high estrogen? You know, if it's okay, I'd like to back up to something you brought up and emphasize it because I think times are different. Um, Yesterday I was listening to a podcast of uh, of one of my favorites, Dr. Zach Bush, and he actually named a number that every year 4 billion pounds of glyphosate, this is an herbicide, pesticide that's used in agribusiness and put on the soils and put on the plants, 4 billion pounds a year. And this glyphosate, it's strong enough to poison insects. It's poison strong enough to poison er, uh, er, weeds from growing. Um, this stuff also is poison to human beings. I would like to add. And where does it get us? I would like to add on that because glyphosate, as well as electromagnetic fields, uh, it disrupts the gut barrier where health starts, and that could set all autoimmune diseases. It breaks down the blood-brain barrier. It interferes with intercellular communication. Um, It uh, interferes with the sycamate pathway, so we won't be able to make tertiary amines such as uh, serotonin, <clears throat> tryptophan, it you know, interferes with detox pathway. It is a real setup for illness. Oh, and if you want to know more, check my movie out, The Big Secret on YouTube, or my upcoming movie, Toxified. But anyway, yeah, glyphosate and toxins, huge. And it also interferes with the uh, hormone receptor sites. I mean, long before we had this really nailed down, um, we learned that the reproduction rate of alligators in Florida was declining amazingly and that the, the alligators were getting gender, gender neutral. They were undergoing hermaphroditic changes and that the sperm counts were dropping. And when I was in medical school, the sperm counts, the normal ranges were something, and now they're a fifth of that. And they're reported as the reference range. So this toxicity that we talk about it's not an abstract concept. It is really hitting the streets. It's really making a difference. So if you ever wanted to think in terms of changing your diet over to organic foods, boy, there couldn't be a better time than now and the need to detoxify from the exposures we've gotten. It's a, you know, who would like to think that this is such a big deal, but it is. And you you named, of course, some of the other multiple places, this is injurious to our health. Yes, it's huge. The toxic soup. I mean, I think the, uh, you know, the age of death is sooner. I mean, I think over like 57% of kids have a chronic disease. It used to be 18%. I've heard that the age of optimal health now is 27. I'd like to think it's a lot more than that. I mean, things are going on a very downward path and, uh, we need to be proactive and take care of ourselves because the medical system might be overwhelmed. I mean, and sperm counts yeah. are going down quite a bit. I mean, that's been on the news, et cetera. 
And then I think with uh, certain medications recommended by the government, it's even interfering with fertility and ability to give birth as well. I mean, that's there's a lot of studies out on that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we have to worry, will we be able to reproduce? Yeah, and so the question is, are these factors um, influential in making earlier and more severe perimenopause, hormonal decline in females? And yes, the answer is yes. And what's the call for? My goodness, really making, going out of your way to eat good food and not eat food that's coming from traditional agribusiness. And, you know, gosh, we have to become, many of us are called to become politically active to urge our, our government to the extent that that's going to be functional to please outlaw these uh, toxic things that are injuring human beings and, and disturbing health all, all over our country and all over the planet. Absolutely, if they don't silence us and shut us up. Anyway, uh, to learn more about like the relationship of the gut and health, uh, Dr. Uh, Rosensweet does mention it in his book, and he'll mention how to assess gut health and, and et cetera and what to do about various components of it. So why don't you discuss, just for the average person, let's talk about women at the moment, the, uh, how, what are the signs of a high estrogen level or low estrogen level? How would a woman get a hint about that? Well, the thing to pick up on as early as the uh, the decade of the 30s is any signs of hormonal imbalance. And one of those signs is going to be the loss of progesterone because that can take place earlier and more profoundly in relationship to estrogen, and it can take place in the 30s. So there can be mood issues that arise in women that sneak up on you. And you could, yes, we all have emotional challenges and life challenges, but sometimes those are really amplified in a woman by the decline in her progesterone. In order to produce the proper amount of progesterone, a woman needs to ovulate. And so if a woman's periods were regular and are now getting irregular, that there's going to be on those on those irregular cycles there's going to be a dramatic loss of progesterone in order to produce the robust amount of progesterone that happens with each ovulatory cycle well I'm repeating myself you have to ovulate so if you're having irregular cycles there's a really profound chance that you are not ovulating during those irregular cycles and that means you're not getting progesterone. And one of the interventions that you can do is there's over-the-counter topical progesterones that prior to actually seeking professional support, you could be doing. Progesterone, oh my goodness, so much good can be done by a young woman identifying when she's low on progesterone and getting that and giving herself progesterone or meeting up with a healthcare professional that can prescribe it. In my book, Happy Healthy Hormones, that we are making available to your listeners, uh, you can get a free PDF copy. I definitely describe this. And, um, yeah, best case scenario, you start linking up with a healthcare professional who can prescribe progesterone, but you can do a lot of good for yourself in the interim 
by identifying that loss of progesterone when you don't ovulate. Now, even when you ovulate, your progesterone could be declining at a rate more rapidly and deeper than your estrogen. So how do you identify that? If you've been cruising along with uh, regular cycles and you feel pretty good and then you start noticing, my goodness, I'm getting breast tenderness with these cycles. I'm getting PMS. I'm getting uterine cramps. I haven't seen that since my teens. That's usually the strong symptom that the progesterone just isn't keeping up with the estrogen. You still could be ovulating. You still could be having regular cycles, but you're not producing the uh, sufficient amount of progesterone to balance the stimulatory effects of estrogen. So if you start noticing mood changes, you're getting anxious or depressed, or you're getting sleep changes, or you're getting breast tenderness, or you're getting uterine cramps, when you hadn't have them, when you didn't have them for a decade or so, you're getting into that estrogen progesterone imbalance. So even though your estrogen is lower than it was when you were 20, your progesterone can be quite a bit lower. And even though you're ovulating and producing some substantial progesterone, it's not enough to balance that estrogen. And those signals are you're getting symptoms of estrogen overstimulation. You're getting breast tenderness, uterine cramps, sometimes heavy bleeding, and mood and sleep issues. If your life is going reasonable, I mean, we all have challenges in life, but your mood, you're getting anxiety and depression that is a little surprising you. Um, boy, look to those ovarian hormones and look to replenishing progesterone because um, you can do it early on in your life, in your 30s, easily, and in your 40s. And then it's time to learn more about uh, menopause. Again, I recommend our book, Happy Healthy Hormones. And it's time to go shopping for a healthcare provider, a physician, or nurse practitioner that has taken on uh, the extra education and specialization needed to treat women in menopause with compounded bioidentical hormones. Oh, yeah, compounded bioidentical hormones. They're essential. I mean, you can do a lot of good with non-compounded, but the, the best case scenario is you get into compounded bioidentical hormones because the level of individualization can be done with those by healthcare providers who know how to do it. And that's the ideal thing because you can want to do this for the rest of your life. Just like I take my testosterone every every single morning. I love it. Uh, we lose these hormones, replenishing them is so not a big deal these days. And they make such a difference in your short-term and long-term health. Wow. So like PMS uh, would be a symptom of... Uh of imbalance and a low progesterone? Yes. So how would a woman take this, and where would she put it on her body, what time of day, if she just went to the store and bought some topical progesterone, which means it's something she puts on her body? The over-the-counter progesterone that is available is not strong, but it's often strong enough for a woman in her 30s in the perimenopause. And so you can get a 1.8%, and it comes in creams and gels. And, you know, you can, uh, the, uh, an optimal time to apply progesterone to the skin, which is a great place to apply it, is at night because progesterone is so calming, it can help with sleep. So especially women who start getting sleep disturbance, the best time to apply it is night. But it doesn't matter what time you apply it. And progesterone is so safe that hardly you can't apply enough 
of the over-the-counter stuff to do any harm. And you can apply it, uh, you know, favorite places to apply the progesterone, the soft forearms between elbow and wrist, the inner thighs, the shoulder. There's lots of places to uh, apply progesterone, and you can start with those. And then in my book, I go into more detail. Once you have started uh, using biased as well, or the estrogens, there's uh, other ways to rotate these sites and apply it. But hey, get some over-the-counter progesterone, apply it to your soft forearms, your arms, your inner thighs, uh, lots of places, your abdomen, lots of places to apply that progesterone. What about on the breast? Well, it's, it's, a, it's a great question. Classically, it is taught that if a woman has breast pain or increased breast density or fibrocystic breast disease, progesterone, which balances the overstimulation of estrogen, and that's how you get on a hormone level fibrocystic breast disease, that's just on a hormone level, um, you should apply the progesterone to the breasts because you'll, you'll balance out that overstimulation by estrogen. However, look out, folks. There are some women who have fibrocystic breast disease, have an underlying breast tenderness or breast pain. There are some women that they, when they apply that progesterone directly to the breast, they get increased breast pain of a very significant magnitude. So you might, if you have dense breast, breast tenderness, you might do a gentle experiment of applying progesterone to the breast because theoretically it will balance that estrogen and the breast pain will go down, the breast tenderness will decline, but this is unpredictable. So be on the lookout if you're a woman who applies the breast, the progesterone directly to the breast, that you, if you start getting more pain, no worries, don't apply it to the breast. Apply it to where I was saying, the soft forearm, the shoulders, the inner thighs, the outer thighs, lots of places to apply it. We think that there's reasons, we know that there's reasons why that happens, and we think that those reasons are that progesterone has many, many different um, important physiological qualities that it addresses. And one of them, the things that progesterone can do is it can sensitize estrogen to estrogen receptor sites. And we think those women who apply progesterone to their breasts and get increased breast tenderness, we think the reason is these are the women where the progesterone is doing one of the primary functions of sensitizing estrogens to estrogen receptor sites. And in that case, the breast tenderness is gonna get worse. But no worries, if you're a woman who you apply, if you have breast tenderness, increased breast density, and you do a gentle experiment of trying to apply progesterone to your breast and, you, and the tenderness goes away, bravo, that's a great place to apply it, the breast. But if you're a woman who you're doing a general experiment to see what the effect of topical progesterone is on the breast and you get increased breast tenderness, no worries, there's nothing wrong. You just have to apply it to a different spot on your body. So that was a fascinating question there, Susan, and it... Um, it requires well, I some knowledge. Reading book, I read the your book, the Happy Healthy Hormones. So anyway, isn't it important uh, that that adrenals be treated, and then you go to make sure your thyroid's in order before you do the female hormones? 
Um, good question again. Well, I look at it this way. The adrenals and thyroid are most likely to be compromised midlife because we've asked a heck of a lot of them. We've, we've not only asked them to do their normal function because the adrenals and thyroid, my God, these are some of the most potent biochemicals in our body. But what they, what they can do is they can do some extra work. They're there for fundamental core, basic, biologic functioning, feel-good, vitality, normal function. But they can be recruited to participate in the biological response to stress, the fight-or-flight thing. So if we get attacked by a saber-toothed tiger, we not only have our basic biological function to rely on, we can mobilize some superpowers, and one of the ways we do it is we increase our adrenal output of adrenaline and cortisol, and in the long run, we increase our thyroid output because thyroid runs the rate of metabolism, the rate at which we produce energy. So if we're placing that demand of fight or flight, fight the saber-toothed tiger on a daily basis, as many people do, we're going to, by midlife, we're going to have some not as useful functioning of the thyroid and the adrenals as we did when we were 20. Just not capable of keeping up with our demands. So your point around addressing thyroid and adrenal is very important. And when we run, as we often run into patients in their midlife, when their ovarian hormones have dropped off or when men, in men, when their testicular hormones have fallen off. But all of the, the, the healthcare professionals that we have trained, they go through quite a rigorous training program. And one of our largest segments is thyroid. <laughs> Midlife, thyroid, yeah, supplementing thyroid is, is, can be quite important to bring us up to decent metabolism and energy output. And so our providers are really tuned in to addressing, in a professional way, low thyroid. Low adrenal, um, when the ovarian, the, the ovarian hormones and the testicular hormones can be recruited as well for an excessive fight-or-flight response taking place in the teens, the 20s, the 30s. And by the time that you're in your 40s, not only are you going through what is a predictable decline in ovarian hormones, you can also have over-recruited your estrogens and your testosterone, I'm speaking of women now, for a fight-or-flight response. For example, when you look at the Olympics, or you look at any professional women athletes, they're on such intense training programs that are very stressful to them. And many of those women are not menstruating. And the reason is that they have recruited their estrogen and their testosterone to go down not the female pathway, but the stress pathway. So there's not enough estrogen available to do the female functions it's going down the stress pathway because... Yeah, that's the progenital steel or whatever it's called. Yeah. So 
um, these young women are depleting their adrenals and their ovarian hormones during stressful times. The, the, the true cure is for a young person or a person of any age to acquire information and tools to work skillfully with their own emotions. There's nothing wrong with stress. A human life is loaded with stress. Sometimes that stress is quite excessive, of course. But there's information, tools, and skills that we were never taught. I had to acquire them myself, or I wanted to acquire them when I was in my early 30s that help us deal in emotionally more balanced way, in healing way, with our thoughts and our emotions that can be triggered by the stress response. If you get those emotional and mental skills and life choice skills, you don't have to overdo it when you, the various stresses of life occur, and thus you take the pressure off your glands, off your ovaries, off your testicles, off your adrenals, off your thyroids. So this is a huge topic you've opened up here, Susan Downs. Well, that's a huge <laughs> to topic you. you're undertaking. Well, I've got more topics. Yeah. I'd like to put But the out moral of the story is, yes, to refer back to your question, yes, it's important to address the thyroid and the adrenals, but not necessarily before. We individualize each patient's care. When the woman arise, arrives to us or the man arrives to us, there's a variety of things we see. Occasionally, not too commonly, the main thing that we want to address in the woman is her ovarian hormones. The thyroid is decent, adrenals are good enough, and we want to address those ovarian hormones. What are the ovarian hormones? They are the estrogens. Oh, yeah. And they are testosterone. There is more testosterone in a woman than there is her most potent estrogen, which is estradiol. Testosterone is not a male hormone, it's a human hormone, and it's imperative that we address the woman's hormones, the woman's testosterone, as well as we, uh, with as much skill as we address the depletion of her estrogens. And then another major ovarian hormone, as we've been talking about, is progesterone. So we address them all. And in many instances, if we address the estrogens and the androgens and the progesterone, it's going to take some pressure off those adrenal glands. And the adrenal glands are going to be able to recover some because they're not got, they don't have an excessive demand um, that's fueled by draining the cortisol and the adrenaline more than is optimal just because they're, if you recruit the estrogens and the testosterone, and progesterone in the female, and you replenish them, it's going to take the pressures off the adrenal. And we'll even see women who have low cortisol recover somewhat without having to give her cortisol. We see that very commonly. So back to the basics, midlife, there's been a lot of water under the bridge, a lot of mileage, and we do want to address the most potent biochemicals. So we address the ovarian hormones, and we'll often do that first and foremost and see how much recovery of the adrenals we get automatically. But sometimes it's very important to simultaneously 
address the low thyroid and address the low adrenals. I would like to point so out everything listen, at once depends like on the patient. I'd like to point out to the listener, uh, previously I've interviewed Sarah Myhill. If you go back to the first interview, she tells uh, the people how to do this on their own, or at least to get a start without before they go to any functional medicine practitioner, before they spend all the money in the test. She'll tell you how to do it at home. I mean, she'll talk about cleaning out the fermenting gut with vitamin C, and then how do you assess your adrenals, which you think you know, because the temperature is low and varies, and then how to address your thyroid, what to do about it. And then she goes through the whole process of how a person can be at home and start on this pathway before they go to a functional medicine practitioner. Functional medicine practitioners are expensive. So check out Sarah Myhill's books and the first interview I had of her. She's brilliant. Another thing is it's we were talking about toxins. Well, some of the toxins imitate estrogen and might clog up the estrogen receptors and interfere with this whole process. So this is another reason to have a healthy organic diet, avoid the plastics and various chemicals which can uh, interfere with these pathways we're discussing. Yes, precisely. Isn't it weird that the very toxic substances that are just all over the place in our food, in the air, in the water, in the plastic bottles, as you were mentioning, et cetera, et cetera, they happen to interfere with the estrogen receptor sites. Holy mackerel, of all the things that they would have to target in an adverse way, that's one of the places they're hitting hard in a woman. So this is a very relevant topic, avoiding these toxins and getting rid of them, taking out the toxins from your own home. Uh, like you're mentioning, Susan, there's so many things that a woman can do, a man can do, to really clean up their nutrition and clean out the toxic chemicals that are in your own house and out of your food supply and out of your water. There's so many great things that you can do that you'll need to do, whether you go to a functional medicine provider or not. There you still, if you go to the functional medicine provider, what are they going to do? They're going to tell you to clean up that diet, get on an impeccable, not too much, not too little exercise program, detoxify. They're, that's what they're going to do. And so you can do that. You can learn enough. And, you know, you take these projects on. I used to love how in Oriental culture they used to have these five-year programs. Maybe you'll take the next five years. And at, by the end of the five years, you're going to be on an impeccable nutrition. You're going to eat good food. You're going to know how to purchase it. You're going to know how to do the minimal cooking that it requires. You're going to, you're, it's going to be all organic, and you're going to love it, and you're going to feel better. And you're going to know how to drink the water that's good and how to breathe and how to exercise. You're going to do a five-year plan, just like you're suggesting, Susan, there's so much you, you can do to um, go a long way in your health. But having said that, if you're midlife, I'm going to recommend professional care for the hormones. You want that to be done excellently. Yeah, any hormones you can get a hold of, you know, they're going to do some good. But that's not what I recommend. These are powerful biochemicals. It's, it's best to approach this with someone who really knows what they're doing and can individualize it for you and is, and can, is going to prescribe them in a bioidentical, molecular-identical form 
And I say best way to do it is with our topical organic oils, because these can be dispensed by compounding pharmacists in organic oils rather than the solvents that are so common. So by the time it gets to going into the hormones, I'd say you can do some short-term stuff, but really go for the professional because these things are so powerful. And getting them right, getting them individual, is a, a piece of work that people are trained in, and it's not a piece of work for them. So I'm going to suggest that your prime job as a woman relating to menopause or as a man relating to andropause, that you've got a job to do, and the job is called going shopping. And what you're shopping for is a health care provider, a physician or nurse practitioner or PA or advising clinic, uh, compounding pharmacist that loves hormones and has gone through the um, extra training needed to get good at it. And if you can find someone specializing in it, all the better. And you, here's some of the criteria you use. Number one, you like them. Number two, you trust them. You can go into a conversation with them. Number three, you can trust their education, that they've done some extra stuff, and that and some of the criteria you need is that they are prescribing compounded bioidentical hormones. In order to do that, they've had to have some extra education. That's who you're searching for, and you can. it's pretty easy these days because they just have to be in your state. You don't need to see them in person. You can get the whole job of menopause done via telemedicine. So you, you have access to anyone in your state that is licensed in your state to prescribe compounded bioidentical hormones via telemedicine. I'd like to get to menopause and andropause. I don't want to leave the men out. But for women, you know, because we've probably got like 15 minutes left. So for women, when they've got various symptoms, I mean, you know, things just kind of, you know, get old. And what can they do, you know, because, you know, various things that happen to women? Well, 75% of the women who go into menopause have life disruptive symptoms. They're waking up in the middle of the night. They're not sleeping well. Their mood has gone sour. Their energy's declined. Um, they're getting hot flashes in the middle of the night. They're, they can't go back to sleep. They're losing the health of their vagina. They're getting pain on intercourse. They have life-disruptive symptoms. And I know this may sound funny, but those symptoms are great. Because I never what had they them. Do, I missed them. I, I don't know what I did wrong. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But 75% um, of women do have life-disruptive symptoms. And I always consider these women the lucky ones oh. because it motivates them. They really want to get this one solved. And they go out of their way with tremendous intention and commitment to find a provider who knows how to treat them. 25% of women do not have these motivating symptoms. They have what you had, an easy <laughs> menopause. And I'm most concerned about these women because the same underlying deep changes are happening to these women. They're getting bone loss. They're getting muscle loss. Some of them are getting cognitive loss. They can't think as clearly. Oh. Some of them 
all of them are getting vaginal loss. They're getting pain on intercourse. They're losing their libido. All of these women are having these identical changes. Their, their cardiovascular system is at risk that it wasn't when they were young women. They're at risk for heart attack and stroke that didn't exist when they were younger. And so these women don't have the motivation. They're looking around at their other female friends and going, what the heck's wrong with you? I'm having an easy menopause. It's these women I'm most concerned about. But Uh-oh. all women, by the time you're losing your ovaries, the, there isn't the most important thing you can do is what I, I leaned in on and said. Your job is to go find a healthcare professional that knows what they're doing. And if you want guidelines <clears throat> to know what questions, well, Susan, you're offering a free PDF copy of our book, are you not? We will, yes. We'll need so that. there's a link. Uh, the, There'll need be to... a link on your website that yeah. you can. Get. It'll give you an idea of what's important for you to know and to look for. And that's your job. It's go out and get that professional help. Yeah, who in the heck likes to go to doctors? Who in the heck likes to pay money? But I don't know. I know for myself, I surrendered when in my uh, early 30s. I went, man, I need some help. <laughs> and it's going to cost me money to learn what I need to learn around my emotions and my mind, for example, and to eat organic food. So I'm going to design a life where I get to funnel a lot of my money into healing myself. And that's just the way it is because that's what I want. I want health. I want vitality. So I'm going to go spend my money on that. And my goodness, I sure have. So tell me and about that. You know, once you resign to that, once you resign to doing what you need to do, that's what commitment is. Is doing what we need to do to get the job done. Yeah, but many people so can't afford a uh, functional medicine practitioner. So that's, that's an issue. That's a, that's a challenge. <clears throat> but our group is really addressing this. For within a couple months, women are going to be able to get all four ovarian hormones for $99 a month. That's mega breakthrough. That's much better than the 250 to $400 they're currently paying. Well, give me the link and for that, too, so we can put it out to the public. Bright.live. www dot bright dot live dot com b-r-i-t-e b-r-i-t-e and you can find it through connecting through our book which you can download from your site happy healthy hormones you'll find a way to connect with us but that program of 99 dollars a month is going to be available within the next month or two all the wheels are in motion the contracts have been signed. There's a national pharmacist that's going to be able to offer all four ovarian hormones for $99 a month. You will have to pay consultation fees. Once you pay the consultation fees of the first year, because that dialing-in process takes some time. But once you get it down in that first year, it's a yearly visit of a half hour to an hour. Because once you get your own situation in proper balance, it lasts. You, you, you're going to be on a cruise for 10, 20, 30 years, and you're going to be paying primarily the $99 a month. 
and you'll have an annual consultation fee. It's the first year that's the expensive year. Well, tell me about andropause. I mean, let's not leave the men out. Yeah. You know, we didn't even know that there was something happening to men because they weren't talking about it like women were talking about menopause until Viagra hit the market. And what does Viagra do? It addresses loss of erection. And once that drug came on the market, it was exploded out into general use. What did it reveal? That men were having problems too. And you know, men, just like women, we lose our hormones, we lose our testosterone, and the, the cost of that to us, to our erectile function, for our mood, for our libido, for our drive, for our clarity of mind, to our bones, is similar to the losses that women experience. So the moral of the story is men have a gradual onset of loss of libido loss of erectile function oh my god and yes viagra is great stuff it's even cardio protective it's so profound but you will need your testosterone or you're going to lose your muscles you're going to lose your bones just like women do and you don't want to lose those muscles because what happens to men in the long run they lose those muscles they make a transition just like women do from canes to walkers to wheelchairs. And there's a moment in time where the wheelchair moment for many is the time you go into an assisted living facility if you can afford it and a nursing home. The long-term consequence to men of losing that testosterone is loss of erectile function, loss of muscles, you wind up in an assisted living facility and in a nursing home. This is a big deal. So we encourage men midlife. I mean, the earlier catch these things, the better. It's so much easier to work with a, a young man who's losing his erectile function than it is to a man who's 80 and deciding to address it for the first time. But it doesn't matter. You address it when you figure it out. If you're a 75-year-old man and you're realizing that your erection isn't as firm, your libido's gone and you're losing muscle and you can't squat like you used to and you're, you can't, you're not as strong as you used to and you're not as motivated as you used to and life's gotten a little more boring and there's mood issues, do it when you're 75. And what do you need? Testosterone. You need other things as well. There's a... You know, there's some kind of misconception out there that men are simpler than women. No, not to get men right. There's a lot of moving parts in men. And you've got to be a, deal with a provider who understands that men can turn estrogen, testosterone into estrogen if they're getting too much. And I'm not a fan of injections. If it was the only tool I had, I would recommend in, injections. But uh, really what we recommend is topical uh, you apply your testosterone every day. It takes me about 30 seconds to, to, uh, to a minute to draw my testosterone out of my nice little oils bottle and apply it to my skin. That's the way we'd recommend it. And a lot of times you can avert getting too much estrogen in the process 
You can invert hair loss even if you're getting way too much testosterone. So, if, again, if the only tool I had was injectable testosterone, I'd go for it. But we don't. We can apply testosterone daily, and uh, men can get the testosterone loan for $59 a month. You're going to need some other things as well, though. Those um, things like Viagra and Cialis that uh, help with erectile uh, firmness are also so great for your protecting your heart and protecting your circulation that there's more moving parts to men. Some men need a couple other things, like something to lower their sex hormone binding globulin or to uh, affect their excessive aromatization. I'm mentioning those terms not because you need to know them, but it's to let you know that there's more moving parts for men. And it's not so simple, and you want to get to a provider who's been trained in treating men. If you do that, everything's going to be taken care of. It's like all you got to do, men, is go shopping yourselves and find someone who's really taken on the knowledge base and really wanting to specialize in men. That's your only job. It's just like me. I mean, when I was a young man, I used to do my, I used to do my own automobile repair. And at one time, I even rebuilt an engine, a Corvair van engine. And I had every single part of, part in my garage. And I put it back together. And by God, that thing ran for a grand total of 7,000 miles, at which point the engine seized up and froze and never rode again. And what I learned when I had my Volkswagen engine re, uh, rebuilt, and I got to hang out with the Volkswagen repair, is that Volkswagen repair guy had specialized in rebuilding um Volkswagen engines. There were thousands of things he knew just from his knowledge and experience. I know it was a long, lot of words for a metaphor, but you want someone who knows what they're doing. You don't want to try and take menopause or andropause on yourself. You don't have to. There's a lot of professionals who care about this, who know the power of it. And that's my suggestion to you is go shopping. Men, women, go shopping. Take the extra time to get this one right. It's really going to matter. Your life and your erection and your motivation is going to matter to you as much at 80 and 90 as it does right now. So do it early if you can. I think this is important because I know people that went to their doctors and they got testosterone shots. But if you're not looking at the whole symphony of all these hormones interacting, because as you said, uh, too, too much testosterone will go down the aromatose pathway and give them estrogen. And, th- and then they'll get man boobs and all sorts of things. And the average doctor won't, I mean, you know, I mean, they just give you the shots and treating the symptom and they're not looking at the underlying issues, what's going on underneath the hood. Well, they have yet to be trained in it, and that's a fault of the, you know, that's, that's how medicine um, works. You know, it takes a while for the best practices to become more universally known, and we're at a pretty early stage still. So you can't just go down to your local general practitioner and get state-of-the-art treatment. Hopefully in 30 years, we'll have everybody trained up, but it is not happening now. So you've got to go shopping for someone who takes this on and really knows what they're doing. And one of the things you can ask them is, do they know how to do testosterone that you apply daily to your skin? Yes. If they know how to do that, they've gone, uh, they, they've gone the extra mile. And that's going to keep you out of what Susan's mentioning is aromatase issues where you're producing too much estrogen. Uh, those things have to be monitored. So you want someone who knows how to monitor you. You want someone who knows how to test you. 
it's a good thing to get accurate. Now, isn't Viagra based on opening up the arteries like with nitric oxide? Um, it is sure that, is. And that's a and that's great thing. For the health. And, you know, for example, that's one reason to chew your food, because what converts the nitrates into the nitric oxide is in the back of your tongue. So that's why it's important to chew your food. So there's other things we can do. But nitric oxide, I think, is very important. As he says, it helps heart health and all the artery health, etc. Well, we have only three minutes left. So any final words or summaries that you would like to leave with our audience? There is. Um, there was false information that has stunted the whole fields of treating men and women in midlife. And the false information, and I want to repeat that, it was false information that scared women in 2002. There was a study that came out that was falsely reported, and the cat got out of the bag and no one tried to put it back in there. And men were told that if they take uh, testosterone, they could get prostate cancer. When the opposite is true, men who are low testosterone are at greater risk for prostate cancer than men who have normal testosterone. And here's the science. We're all at risk for thousands of medical diagnoses. There's a lot of things we can do to prevent them, but we're still at risk. And we're all at risk for cancers, hundreds of them. And as a male, I'm at special increased relative risk for prostate cancer. And women are at special increased relative risk for breast cancer. And there are reasons for that increased relative risk. And here comes the science, folks. Listen up. Women who are treated with hormones are at less risk for breast cancer, heart attack, and stroke than women who are not treated with hormones. Less risk if you're treated with hormones. Men who are treated with testosterone are at less risk for prostate cancer than men who are not treated. So that's the science. If you know, And you can find out more about it if you read chapter three in my book for women, and also in a Bible of risk as it relates to women, a book called Estrogen Matters by Avram Blooming and Carol Tavris. Estrogen Matters, you can purchase that through lots of different places. Well, but I'd that's, like the, that's the science. Women who are treated time, with hormones. So I'd like to tell everybody, uh, we will put a PDF you know, uh, online so you can access this book, Happy Healthy Hormones. And the site he mentioned was www.britelive.com. So to get more information and to get in touch with Dr. Rosensweet, those are some uh, approaches. So it's very important that we look at the whole picture uh, because a lot of uh, practitioners just treat symptoms, sick care, disease management. We want to look underneath the hood and look at the engine, what's going on, what's the cause, put all these things together. And so, you know, you know, research this, uh, you know, read up on it and share this information with all your friends and be sure to consult with your doctor. And above all, be well. Thank you for listening. Occupy Health with Dr. Susan Downs can be heard live every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Here's to better health for you this week.